0: Welcome, everyone. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast. You found it. This is the right spot. Okay, settling in here. I'm at the park. It's a super rainy day. Sunshine is at so- at home with Papa because uh, it's just too mucky and wet out here for him. So it's just uh, you and me in the truck at the park. Um, there's a couple of dogs in the dog park area, um, big ones. And, um, but we, Sunny when Sunny comes here with me, we generally just do a little lap around the park itself and, uh, then back in the truck. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> okay. So, I uh, hope you're having fun today. Hope your day is wonderful. Um, I thought I'd answer some crafty questions today. Let's do some craft chatting here. These are some of the questions I receive on my YouTube channel. And I thought I would just, uh, run through some of them with you. So Dia asks... Do you need to spray the gelatos after you use them from smear- uh, to keep them from smearing? Great question, Dia. Um, I don't. Um, I um, They seem to be like a lipstick consistency when you use them, but then they seem to dry and adhere to the page, in my experience. I have not sprayed them. When I have played with makeup, though, like lipstick or eyeshadow or things like that, I do uh, give it a light spray of an acrylic sealant. Um, Krylon makes a good one. There's a whole bunch and, Hobby Lobby and Michael's carry a bunch and you can find them at Walmart and online at, um, you know, um, I'm sure at eBay and Etsy and Amazon, they all carry them. Um, but yeah, I have not had that need in gelatos. Now maybe if you put it on really thick, is it a p- potential that it might sm- smudge? It might, but um, it hasn't been a huge issue. That's that's what I'll, I'll say. Um, and let's see what this person says. Okay, she says G Car EQ said I really enjoy your videos. Thanks for doing them. I've tried Fiber tack. Think she might mean Fabri-Tac, Fabri-Tac glue with my paper. And do you have a trick to keep the bubble out of the glue on the paper? Oh, okay. Um, even when I do the finest line, I keep getting a bubble line. Um, uh, is it the fi- fi- Fabri-Tac different from Fabri-Fix when it comes to the bubble-like effect it has on the paper? Um, so if she's having... Oh, okay, if you are having a uh, air bubble in... The glue bead or the glue dot that you put down, there's a couple things that you can do. Uh, one, you can try and uh, pierce it with a pin, like a safety pin or a sewing needle or something like that. Or it's possible you may be able to spritz it with a little bit of um, alcohol because that's a solvent uh, for fabrifix or fabri glue. And that might help soften the glue a little bit so that the bubble naturally pops. It's kind of a, um, another thing that we do with, um, glossy accents glue, which is a different glue. And I've never tried this with fabric fixes I haven't had the bubble problem, but, um, um, you tap it. So whatever you, you put the glue on, then you tap it. I don't know if you can do that on a piece of paper. Usually glossy accents, you're working with something a little stiffer. Not always, not always. That's not true, paper Sometimes you are doing it just on paper. Um, but you tap it, like uh, the whole thing you like pick it up and tap 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 on the table and that seems to pop the bubbles Um, what I might suggest is I'm trying to picture like where you're you're putting a piece of or a bead of glue down on paper and there's some bubbles in it my first inclination might be to use old finger tool and just come along and smush that whole bead uh, glue bead down with my finger so it's flatter and, uh, it's no big deal. You might also want to try to consider the Sugar Bell's icing piping bottle. It's going to give you a smaller pinpoint style nozzle where it's going the glue is going to come out in a finer stream or a finer bead, and that may eradicate the bubblage that you're experiencing. Um, yeah, so I would probably just say squash the bubble with your finger or, um, you know, maybe, uh, Uh, If you don't want to stick your finger in the glue, you could use a gloved finger or perhaps a, uh, like a craft popsicle stick, something like that. Um, Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Um, All right, so let's see what the next one is. Okay, whoop, okay, here. MK, hey, Pam. Did I see a quail bird on the paper on the inside cover of the book you made with us? Gamble quails are California state bird. Now I have a bazillion of them in my backyard, feed them every day. You know, that's highly possible. And that's ringing a bell somewhere, MK. So thank you for bringing that up. I'm a big bird lover too. And um, that does ring a bell. I'm, I'm in my truck right now, so I can't, I can't uh, double check on that to confirm, but there's a strong possibility yes yes there is okay there we go let's see what you said a little bit more uh here's another question reminds me that i've been meaning to ask you and holly if you can recommend a nifty way to incorporate bird feathers in a journal and as you might uh, imagine i have so very many beautiful feathers and holly you can rest assured that no birds were harmed in the collecting of these feathers well there you go um, from a fellow bird lover, um, I would say uh, one of the first ideas that come to mind would be the spine dangles. You know, you could maybe tra- tie a little cluster of them, almost making it like a feather duster and then winding the, uh, the spine, like the pokey end, all together, uh, maybe with some crafting wire or some uh, washi tape or something like that, and then crafting wire around it and uh, maybe forming a little loop or something like that so you could hang it from your journal. Um, That would be cute. Um, I have used, actually, I have put Holly's feathers, uh, because he loses a feather every now and then, and I have put a Holly feather into um, a journal before, and I've just either taped or glued it onto a page. Sometimes it's just a little feather, sometimes it's a bigger feather. Um, The other fun thing to do with feathers is um, make them look like Quill pens, so you could do a faux quill pen or a real quill pen. And if you Google or YouTube how to make a quill pen out of a feather, you can see it's really not that hard. Um, it's just the angle of the cut that you do on the um, uh, the actual sharp, pointy end of it, and um, Um, That would be a cool accent. I mean, even if the person uses it or never uses it, it would really look cool to get a journal with a quill pen, wouldn't it? I would just think that would be so cool. So, yeah, great ideas, MK. Thanks for that. Great questions. Um, Becky Thomas asks, how can I add life to distress pads? Is there a spray? Can I use spray stain um, and add it to the distress pad? Help. Thank you. Okay. Our um, Ranger Tim Holtz distress pad ink pads what can we do with them okay so as far as i understand it and you may want to double check with the manufacturer to be sure but this is this is honestly what i do so it may or may not be correct but um first line of defense is just water um either okay first of all your your ink pad may not be inking that well number 1 just because it's dry number 2 because it's out of ink so if it's just dry and there's still a lot of ink there it just needs to be reactivated if you've got a regular distress ink and not a distress oxide that distress ink pad is only um dye Um, you can spritz that with water it should reactivate it very well um you can also spritz with water your dauber if it's a well-soaked dauber say in your brown color and that will reactivate it as well i do that a lot um probably i would say once a week i end up spritzing them just because i i I honestly tend to leave them without the caps on often and I have to, they dry out pretty fast on me and I use them a lot and I'm very aggressive with my pads. Very, very aggressive. Now the, the distress oxide ink pads are uh, pigment plus dye. So, um, Oh, I'm sorry. I wanted to also mention with the Distress Inks, you can also add, add a little bit of glycerin, vegetable glycerin, to the water. Um, and that acts as a natural humectant, drawing moisture to the pad, which should keep your pad technically moist a little bit longer. Um, so you can add that. That, that should work just fine. Um, now, with the Oxide, um, Distress Oxide Ink Pads, they're pigment and dye. And I've heard that you want to use, um, uh, possibly, you know, I don't want to say something wrong here. What I honestly do with them is I spritz them with water first. And if that doesn't work, then I spritz them with glycerin and water. And I have never had to reload an oxide pad because they seem to have so much color in them because of the pigment that's there. Um, but I have reloaded many times my plain distress inks that are not oxides then and i'll get those little bottles and you can just pour like i cover the whole pad and then i let it absorb and usually that gets me going again for quite a while so um it's cheaper to buy the replacement inkers uh the little bottles than it is to keep rebuying new pads but it's always nice to get a new pad every once in a while too um now there is another kind of ink pad that is a a permanent ink it, you might hear it under the name stays on or there's another name I can't think of it but um it's uh basically it's a waterproof ink so it won't smear um if you're doing other you know pro- like you could stamp and then watercolor over it and it wouldn't move and things like that um and, or if it's on something that you don't you know you think somebody's gonna manhandle a lot. There's going to be a lot of fingerprints on it. Maybe it's something on the cover. So you're doing some stamping. You don't want it to smudge. So you're using the stays on ink, something like that. That has a different solvent. Um, So I think it's more of a, um, like an acetone alcohol-based type solvent, as opposed to a water-based solvent. Um, The oxides and the plain distressings will move with water. The stays on permanent ones will not move with water. They will move with acetone or alcohol, as far as I understand it. That's, that's my two cents on that. There you go. Okay. I have looked in your Etsy shop and couldn't find this branch stencil, um, said Diana. Um, Diana, it's because it's in my, um, Amazon shop, not my Etsy shop. I know it sounds strange having all these shops, but basically the, um, Etsy shop is where I sell the goods that I actually hand make or I produce. So you're going to find in there, um, when available. Oh, hi, little squirrel. Hi, how are you? No, I have no peanuts. I'm sorry. Um, um, my, I, when I have journals to sell, I put them in there. When I have uh, bundles of journals to sell, like little collections and gift sets, I put them in there. My vintage digi kits are in there. Uh, those are downloadable printables. My print and mail service for my digi kits are there if you don't have a printer. And my fundals are in there if uh, you are looking for the, um, the old paper collections Uh, so that that you have things to play with in your junk journals. Now, um, what's in the Amazon shop are my favorite tools and supplies that I use that I personally buy on Amazon or um, other places, but actually, I think those would only have the links that are sold on Amazon. So um, yeah, like if you'll see me use a pair of scissors that like my easy action scissors or something that's, you know, easier for my hands, I'll try and put a link to that in my Amazon shop. So Yes, the stencils, the tree branch stencils, I don't know, these are so famous, this old tree without any leaves on it, this stencil, I use all the time, I love it, and I have people ask me about it all the time, and this uh, old tree branch stencil is in my um, Amazon shop, it's, I think I've told you this before, it's probably the most expensive stencil I've ever purchased, but I honestly use that stencil more than anything, so I felt feel it is worth its weight in what I paid for it I think it was 18 bucks or something like that and you can get the negative or the positive relief of that or you know like you can get the actual tree or you can get the as if the tree was cut out of the plastic and then there's just the shape of the tree so your choice both work both give you really cool um uh things and I I have both of them I love them both um let's see what else we have here um Lori, Lori, Richard, is there a good way to bind those single book pages without folding them? Yes, Lori. Yes, there is, and I have uh, several videos on that. And um, um, if you go into, let me see if I can I can find the names quickly. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy. I, I try. This is where I'm actually having to feel like what it is to be like you guys. Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to Pam's regular paper outpost youtube channel and now i'm going to try and find the full page ones like what would i do if i were you i would go to my main channel page so you click on the word the paper outpost go there to the real place then i go over to the um the videos uh link button click on that and then i click on the little magnifying glass and that opens up the search and then i would type in full page let's see if it comes up because i've got about a few Oh, okay, yeah, here we go. Um, <clears throat> so here's a couple titles for you to look up. If you can't figure out how to work the search on the on the main channel, but it's how to make a junk journal with full size pages, no folding, sew so, no sew so way tutorial. Yes, okay, so that is one. And another one is how to bind a big stack of full pages in one junk journal. Um, okay, there's that one. Um, then there's uh, how to make a hardcover junk journal with full side pa- full size pages. Yes, yes, there you go. And um, I think that's it. So that covers it. So I think you've got at least three there that uh, will show you three different techniques on how to bind single pages. Because actually, I'm using a full-size page journal right now for my own utilitarian daily writing, keeping myself on task um, journal. And uh, it's the one I made with the purple... Uh, corduroy if anybody remembers that one um and i i can't i don't know how i lived without full pages before i love the bigger space to uh uh, map out and plan and and get ideas rolling um i I love it so i don't know if i'm ever going to go back i I just don't know i don't know (laughs) okay so let's see what, what else is a good question here um okay What are you... Okay, here, here, uh, Love Me Cats asks, why are you gluing the backside of the leaf? The front is prettier. Um, oh, okay, so she's looking at a uh, journal I made with a giant uh, avocado leaf that I had from my front yard. And um, I am showing the backside of the leaf. And there is actually a reason why I did that because the, um, the front side of the leaf, which is the smooth side... Was easier for me to glue down onto the um, the cover than if I had the bumpy side, which had the uh, veins of the leaf. They were more prominent on the back of the leaf, so I decided I put those on the uh, uh, the back showing. As the front cover, um, it actually gives more texture to the front cover too, which I think i thought was a little bit a bo- uh, little bonus there. Um, so it's you know your choice. You could definitely glue it down. It depends on the thickness of your leaf, and sometimes those veins, uh, depending on your leaf, can get really thick, so it almost makes it harder to glue down. But you could spend some time whittling those down with a little paring knife. Um, but uh, this one, I was just I don't know, I just went for it. What can I say? Um, uh, Deb said, Oh my, some of those pages are so pretty and cool. How do you ever decide which to, which side to use? And then there's the ones too big, but I just hate to cut or tear what to do. LOL. Um, yes, totally been there. Totally done that. Um, she was looking at the video that is, uh, how to make a book out of book pages. Um, just came out yesterday, I think. And, um, yes, <clears throat> it gets easier to tear paper and books and pages apart when you, you the more you do it, it's, the easier it gets. I can say that. Um, <clears throat> and it is hard to decide when you have a beautiful page on the front and on the back, how do you decide whether to cover it up or not? Well, number one, you don't have to cover it up. There's no rule. Um, but if you want to, Uh, And you could make just a book out of really cool book pages and just have it be a pure lookbook where people can just go through and discover a new page from uh, many, many different books. Wouldn't that be cool? Like maybe just a nature collection of pages, or maybe a science collection, or our recipe collection, or a sewing collection. I mean, you could do a lot of fun things, or random, which would be very um, uh, interesting for a coffee table book, something, you know, just learning, experiential, exposure. Uh, teaching just by looking through the book without actually having to write in it. Um, There's a lot of different purposes a book can serve. Um, So I would say, um, uh, oh, so so she said, how do you ever decide which side to use? And then there's the ones that are too big and I just hate to cut or tear them. Well, you don't always have to cut or tear them. You can um, always salvage by um, folding in. Let's say your page sticks out too far to the right in your journal. You don't have to cut it off. You can fold it back on itself, either forwards or on the un- the other way, which would be backwards, um, and make a folder or a little tuck or something like that so that when the person goes through, they can open it, or um, and that would preserve some of the beauty of the page. Another thing you can do with really big pages that um, just won't fit in a journal um uh, but you still want to put them in a journal for somebody to find? Well, number one, you could fold it up and stick it into a, a pocket or a tuck, which, which is one option. Or you could also take the page and fold it in half, or possibly even in quarters, depending on the size of the page, and do what I call uh, a wraparound, where you just take a um, uh, you know any page in your journal and you literally sandwich the um, that page with your. Uh, page of intrigue and then you just paperclip it on. So the, um, the page of intrigue would wrap around the back and the front of one page. It's kind of like grabbing it like as if you had an oven mitt, you know, like kind of like that. (laughs) It's the best way I could describe it. I'll show you in a video. Um, but yeah, that way you can keep it pristine intact and uh, you don't totally destroy your item. I just did that. I'm working on a journal right now and I have these beautiful, um, mushroom drawings from the Ukraine and they're gorgeous and I, I cannot tear them in half because they're they're just so beautiful the way they are and it's it's, it's actually a, a painting or a watercolor or a drawing across this paper and um, it's a long piece of papers but I just fold it and I, I do wraparounds with it that way the person can open it up and take a look at the whole thing and I just I think it's a nice way to honor that little piece of paper uh, get it seen by many hopefully um uh hi Pam. Okay, this is Judy asking another wonderful video. Question for you. Do you uh do your food stained pages ever smell? Do they draw bugs? I'm just curious. That's an excellent question. Um, and she also asked, do you think they'd be drawn to my I oh, I live out in the country and we have bugs all the time. Do you think they'd be drawn to my journal pages and eat them? <laughs> Thoughts, please. I love that. Um, nobody wants bugs, I hear you. Um uh And then she also asked, my company also has lots of Crystal Light expired packages, no sugars, but sweeteners. Um, Think they'd do the same or make pages sticky? Curious on your thoughts. Um, Crystal Light, for some reason, rings a bell that it's a sugar free. So maybe it's a um, xylitol or saccharin or sucralose or some artificial sweetener, which might not be sticky because it's not really a sugar. Um, okay, so what do I think? Okay, do your food-stained pages ever smell? In general, no, except for well, no, that's not no, really true. My coffee dyed pages, to me, smell like coffee. They do smell like coffee because I use pretty strong uh, coffee tincture to do it. Um, so I like that. My tea pages do smell like tea, and I like that. I think the fa- uh, smell fades over time. The coffee lasts longer than the tea smell, but I think it kind of gives a, a book like an old world book smell. I haven't had any problems with bugs, and I don't live in the country, but, I mean, I haven't had any problems with bugs in my, no, my journal, but uh, I have to show you something, though, coming up, and, and you'll get a kick out of this, but it was not my journal. Um, but uh, um, do okay, the one thing that really does smell but gives an amazing color... Is red cabbage. If you take red cabbage or blue or purple cabbage, whatever you call it, that really dark purple cabbage, and you quarter it and you throw it in a pot and you boil it, it's going to release all that beautiful color into the water. And yes, your house will smell like boiled cabbage. If you've never boiled cabbage before, you're in for a not treat. (laughs) Unless you like that smell. It's kind of like old dirty socks. I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of a stinky smell. And the, the smell lasts a long time in the paper. Um, it gives you this beautiful bluish purple color in your paper. More towards the blue, I would say. This indigo blue color. And it's lovely. Um, it's important when you do this. When, you really, when you're done, you really air-dry your paper. Do not stack your papers on top of each other if they're still damp because that smell will be there forever. And if you're going to do it, know that you're not going to use those papers for quite a while because you, they need air out time. They really do. You need to spread them out and let them air out for like, honestly, months. <laughs> so totally worth it, but you have to have the space to air them out and dry them. And um, But they are stunningly gorgeous. And if you only use like, you know, a couple in a journal, like one here and there, you won't, you won't smell it. It just kind of gets lost in the process. Um, I have not encountered any bug issues with the coffee, the tea, the bread or purple cabbage. Um, what else can I say that they, um, um, I put down in my garage to keep bugs down a boric acid. Um, and I haven't had a bug issue in the garage, so that's good. I can tell you that I don't really store my dyed papers out there anyway. My dyed papers are stored inside. Um, But if you use sugary substances, I guess anything is possible. I mean, you know, you know, ants and cockroaches probably like sugar. So I would imagine they might come there or I think cockroaches like, um, box glue, which is a weird thing. Um, oh yeah, box glue. Okay, let's see. They got box glue over there. Let's go get some box glue. Yeah, that's great. Um, (laughs) but, um, haven't had a problem with those on the inside, thankfully, um, But if you're unsure, I would say do a test. I mean, do a test and see what happens. I've also used um, sliced beet juice from a can that is not sugared, you know, like that pickled sweetened beets. I don't use that. I use the plain, it's like plain water beet juice on the inside and I've had no problems and that does not seem to smell. Um, What other foods have I used? I'm trying to think now. Oh, the avocados. I don't, I don't sense a smell with those. I don't, maybe my sniffer is not the greatest sniffer either. So I, I don't know, but some people have super sensitive sniffers and some people don't like coffee dyed smell at all. I mean, it just completely turns them off. Some people don't like tea smell. I mean, you have to please your own sniffer. That's what I would say. And I would say if you're unsure, give it an experimental try and just see what happens and then let us know. Um, the crystal light, you know, I would just double check and make sure that they're not, um, they don't use real sugar and then decide your um you know your attacked from that point i don't think it would be sticky but you know do a test run just see um uh, Sandra says, Sonny's amazing. Uh, they feel they feel what is needed in a family, don't you think? And I go, oh, well, I can't argue with you there. Absolutely. We don't have kids, so Sonny is our little boy, and uh, we both call him our son. And, uh, you know, Papa has really taken to Sonny, and Sonny has really taken to Papa, and I, I just love seeing that. Um... Uh, they're having a grand old time and they love spending time together and uh, it just warms my heart. So uh, that's a nice thing. Um, Okay, time for one more question. Okay, Diana Cox says, love the ephemera notebook. What a cool way to track down, to keep track of all those little goodies and the book with the black pages. Cool. Did you use a white pen and paint? Oh, it was a story that I did. Yeah, at some point on um, YouTube, it must have been. Did you use a white pen or paint pen? I used a... um, I'm, I'm trying to think back on the black pages I wrote with a white gel pen, I believe, uh, probably a Sakura. I think that's what it was. Um, I could be wrong though. I could. Nah, that might not be true. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna go home and look because I think I have a special white pen in my little pen drawer and I will double check on that. And I know I have it in my Amazon shop because when I got them I remembered to put them in there. Um but yeah the the white you can make a journal just full of black pages and maybe include a white gel pen or a a white writing type style paint pen with it. That would be really cool. Um was the black paper was the paper black to start with? Yes it was. Construction paper question mark. Um it was similar to construction paper but I would say it was more of a um, almost like a black copy paper or something. Um, It was some kind of art paper. I probably got it at a thrift store, so it came in... I I don't even know if it had its original covering. It didn't feel exactly like construction paper, though. I think it was better than that, and I don't know what kind of better, but it was better. Um, I mean, um, a little stiffer, a little stronger. But you could totally... Um, make a junk journal out with the uh, signature pages as construction paper and I don't know why but construction paper for some reason gets knocked down there with college rule for some reason um, I think folks think that they're low-grade papers maybe they're not acid-free papers and and we're just they were so commonplace in in my day that they weren't considered special but now as paper is disappearing these papers that, touch our hearts because of the nostalgia can become very special and very meaningful and very um, memory triggering, triggering when you go back and you you touch these papers again. I mean, construction paper for me takes me right back to kindergarten. Uh, we, you know, they had us, you know, with our horrible rounded end scissors and our pathetic glue that you could drink. I don't know if it was non toxic back then, but you could probably drink gallons. It was like that really weird rubber bottle with the rubber nubber on the end, and the glue would never come out, and it would always crystallize at the top and crack. Was kind of weird, um, but it was a fun time. Oh, my goodness, I've been yucking away here. Look at this time. Um, <laughs> okay, but anyway, um, yes, you can definitely use construction paper. I think it's a fabulous paper in junk journals, and I also think that um, college rule paper is a fabulous paper in junk journals. Will this last um, two centuries? I don't know. I want, I, do, I don't know, but you know what? I'm making junk journals for today, and I know that the papers that they, that I come across in the old books which were not treated with anything special. Yes, many are crumbly, but many are still here and present and doing just fine. So, yeah, just do what your heart desires. I just, just follow your heart. And um, so we'll wrap it up there. And I hope you had fun here. And thank you so much for coming and having a listen at the Old Paper Outpost podcast. And um, make sure you're getting your daily dose of fun. And uh, remember that fun can be simple and create with reckless abandon. I will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.